success looks so easy from the outside, but all successful people have had to overcome enormous obstacles along the way. And in many cases, look failure right in the eye. Most successful people don't focus on the struggle and rarely do they talk about it because quite frankly, that's not what creates success. Join us here where we will chat with fierce female entrepreneurs and share the good, the bad, and the ugly of entrepreneurship and talk about the obstacles we have faced and how you can overcome them to reach the success that you desire. I am your host, Cami Lehman, and this is the She's Invincible Podcast. Hey, everyone. Thank you so much for joining us today on the She's Invincible podcast. Oh, my gosh. I don't know what else to say. Oh, oh, oh. These last oh week or so have been just amazing. I know you've heard me uh, mention in our ad at the beginning of our episodes about Leslie's week and the amazing work they're doing. And I just want to take a second to tell you a little bit about the stage for change that I was honored, honored to be able to attend and meet so many amazing people. Leslie's Week is an amazing foundation that supports women with metastatic breast cancer. That is a terminal illness. And uh, I, I never met so many invincible people in one room in my entire life. When I walked into the room and only knew two people in the room and never once felt like a stranger. And I want to share this with you because the work they're doing is amazing. And this stage for change conference was off the chart. There were many, many people from pharmaceutical companies from big research companies all over the world. And the speakers were actually the people that have been affected or, or are fighting metastatic breast cancer right now. That is their reality. And so today we are going to meet an amazing woman. But before we do, I want to tell you that next year's Stage for Change conference is going to be on September 22nd, 2022, again at the Legacy Castle in Pompton Plains, New Jersey. And I'm telling you right now, you do not want to miss it. My life has been changed. My eyes are open and I am even more passionate about this cause than I've ever been in my life. So let me introduce you to this amazing invincible rock star who sat down at a table across from me and said, so tell me your story. <laughs> oh my gosh, you guys, it's the funniest thing because like, that's my line. I always say, everybody has a story. Tell me yours. I want to hear yours. And she did that to me. And I have to be honest in a second. I thought, oh my gosh, I love her. She's using my line. This is awesome. This was meant to be. And in the next second, I thought, oh my gosh, I don't have a story. She wants to know about my cancer story. Oh no. First, I was grateful. Oh my gosh, I'm so glad I don't have that story to tell. And then I thought, oh no, this is horrible. 
She has that story to tell and I don't, but then I realize I can listen. I can hold space for her story. I can love and support her and all the others. And I am forever grateful and changed. So let me introduce you to Amanda Medina. Amanda is 36 years old. She is living right now, currently with metastatic breast cancer. She was diagnosed in 2018 and has been an advocate that empowers and educates on this topic. Amanda is the mom of an adult son, and she does custom farming with her boyfriend, Joel. They actually harvest the crops that the farmers plant. I had no idea that was a thing. Amanda also has a side business making scented car freshies and arts and crafts related to breast cancer, which she can mail to you wherever you are in the world. Amanda was selected for the 2021 The Portraits of Hope for the American Breast Cancer Society, and she was also a Leslie's Week 2020 honoree. Welcome, Amanda. Welcome to the She's Invincible podcast. I cannot even describe in words how excited I am to have you here with me today and to share your story. Hi. Yes, I'm super, super excited to be on this podcast. I've never even done a podcast, so I'm very honored. Oh, this is your first. Oh my gosh. My first, you yes. were made for this girl. You were made for this. So let's do this. Let's jump in. Let's tell our listeners how in the world did you get where you are today and what makes you invincible? So I got here today by, um, I was going through a midlife crisis where, um, I was in the dental field for 14 years and um, like many others, I lost my job during the COVID-19 pandemic. And I was dealing with that along with just being a mom of a senior. And there was so much going on that cancer made it worse. So I actually looked on, um, I was, I had a friend, a next town over who actually was going through stage fours like me, who told me about Leslie's Week. And I joined Leslie's Week, you know, not knowing what it was I was looking for. And we went and took this vacation away from cancer. And that opened so many doors of opportunities where I was able to actually meet Kenny. And I'm here today sharing my story, my journey, you know, that's pretty much never going to end. Amazing. Amazing. So tell us a little bit about Leslie's Week. I've talked a lot about the stage for change, but I love what Leslie's Week is doing. And uh, just a few episodes ago, we interviewed the founder, uh, Sandra Gunn, which, oh my gosh, talk about a love story. I fell in love with her the second I talked to her. Uh, and I just love what she's doing. But the one thing that really stuck with me that she said is that it is hard to raise money for cancer when it's not for research, but when women get a terminal diagnosis, what they need is not research. They need a vacation, right? And I thought, oh my gosh, you're brilliant, right? To even know that and be courageous enough to say that to the world. So tell us a little bit about your experience with that. Yes. So as a stage four, you know, you, you're dealing with just life in general, like a normal person, but you have all these you feel kind of alone because your family doesn't understand, your friends don't understand. So Leslie's Week gives you the opportunity to get away from home with your family because 
like I said, I was going through a midlife crisis or, you know, trying to hold on to my family, dealing with the financial debt that cancer brought, which we used to actually take vacations every two years. Once cancer hit, that was out the door. We had to save that money for the what ifs because it's never going to end. So the fact that, you know, Sandra brought on this nonprofit organization that allowed us to take a vacation, a paid vacation, was like, people really do this? Wow. You know, and we had saved our stimulus checks, actually, (laughs) to get in Tennessee. And it was, I cannot explain to you what it gave me. It gave me my family for one week. For one week, we didn't have to worry about money. We didn't have to worry about fitting in because everybody there was going through something very similar to us. And we just got to enjoy ourselves. We didn't have to worry about what people thought about us because nobody knew us. And we enjoyed ourselves at a place that we would probably never get to attend again because, you know, for financial reasons. And we had the time of our lives. We did everything that you can do in Tennessee. I mean, we looked it up, Googled it, and it was like, bam, bam, bam. We had this list and we made sure we did it. Not only that, I got to connect with people. Um, I think my boyfriend got more out of it probably than I did. And I didn't realize it. it was the first time that I actually sat there and I looked at him like, oh my gosh, you need help too, you know? Because we expect our significant other to be strong and not to ever be weak because they have to hold it up for us. Because if they show that side, then we fall apart. And I will never forget Joel actually telling me the first um, night, I think it was Tuesday, he says, I've got to go downstairs to the fire. I've got to go down. I'm like, no, we're not here to go and talk about our problems. We already know we have problems. We don't need to talk about it. Let's go have fun. I was ready to have fun. Let's go do this. And he was determined to go to this fire pit. And I looked at him and, and I said, no. And he's like, yes. He's like, you know, and he never calls him by my name. Mandy he says, Mandy, I have to go. I need to connect with these men going through what I'm going through too. And I kind of looked at him like, eh, you, you need help. Like he really, for the first time, I was like, how selfish of me that I never thought about him. And he finally had people that asked him how he was doing, asked him how he was coping with it. So, you know, we got, we came home with a lot. He came home with information, eye opener of things we needed to prepare for, which we knew we needed to, but I, I knew we needed to, he did it. So it was nice that now we were on the same page because other men that have gone through it were advising him of these things. That's amazing. We'll talk about support at every level, right? Like you don't, yes. like you said, you didn't even realize you were going through it. He needed support. And, and that I think, <laughs> I think, you know what, that is what's going on in the world. And I know before we hit record, we had this little conversation about, you know, when someone close to us gets a diagnosis like that, we just lose our minds. We don't even know what to do. <laughs> and I'm so yeah. glad to have this conversation with you today because we can tell people like, what is it that they should be doing? We can't fix it, right? So what can we do? What do you need? Uh, what should we be asking you? What should we say? What should we not say? We say the dumbest things because we don't know what to say. And so I think like this is such a great time to have this conversation and really talk about these things. Before we jump into that, uh, tell us what makes you invincible. What makes me invisible is that I used to actually have a career. I was, you know, 
a dental assistant. And that got taken away from me in the blink of an eye, not just because of COVID-19, but my cancer. It has put a big impact on me being able to go back to work and start from the bottom up with what I'm going through. So now I'm kind of nobody, you know, I've kind of just here trying to figure out who I am. And it seems to be that I'm now speaking more about breast cancer. I never in a million years thought I would do it. I still don't really see myself doing that, but that's kind of the direction I'm going. And I'm not, you know, I don't have my own um, organization, nonprofit organization. I'm just a person just like everybody else walking in this world, but is going through it that can hold your hand and guide you on things that I had trouble going through. And that's probably what makes me invisible is I'm not a podcaster like you. I'm not a nonprofit organization. I'm just me. I'm just a person at home like everybody else that's just trying to maneuver in this world we live in. But you're an expert. You are an expert and your zone of genius is living, right? Living with this and continuing to live as you continue to fight. And that itself makes you invincible. And it is such an honor to have you here. Let's jump into this crazy topic of resources uh, available. I know you've mentioned a few things to me. You have some resources you want to share. I personally want to hear as a friend, as a human, (laughs) what am I supposed to say? What is like, don't ever say this. (laughs) Don't do this. Like, I want to know all the things about what is the right thing? What do people need that are going through this? And let's just prepare them. Let's do it. So the one thing that I came across and I didn't realize it because I did it myself before I got affected was oh, call me if you need something. That's the problem. We're not going to call you because we don't know how to reach out. We don't know how to tell you guys how to help us because we we just don't know ourselves. So I have amazing people like my neighbor who just brought over food, just brought over food. I never had to ask. She never asked either. She just showed up. That was a generous thing of her to do. And I never realized how important that was because I was the one who cooked in the family. And when I was down or sick, the boys didn't know what to do. So she brought, you know, she came and did that small little gesture. Not only that, but um, just being there, just calling or a text message was what I needed to know. Hey, they were there. There, You know, even now that I'm on Facebook, just a simple like, knowing that you're, you're listening to me and you haven't ignored me because this is not going to end for me. My cancer is going to be forever. And I've lost many friends because they don't know how to help. And just the simple fact of buying, you know, a freshie from me was just a nice thing because I'm not one to take for free. I like to give something back while you're helping as well. Those are the small things, you know, that people need to realize and do. And like I said, you know, I had to have a family meeting and kind of tell my family, I don't want you going with me to my chemo. They all wanted to go. I come from a big family and we're very close. And I had to tell my family, no, one, I couldn't, my sister is very emotional. I didn't need that. I needed somebody to be strong. I need somebody that's going to keep me going. My boyfriend was the one to do that. We would go to chemo and he was like, Hey, we have this tomorrow. We have these bills. Life kept going. That's what I needed. Then my mom, I had to tell my mom, no, because my mom is the one who questions like, why, why you, why did you have to get it? You know, 
I don't know, mom. God gave it to me. I never questioned it. And let's just go with it because it's not going to change. Can't take it. Can't, it's not going to go away. You know, my brothers didn't know how to help. They work all the time. But, you know, if I asked them to, hey, come help me do this, come help me do that, that was their way of helping, you know. So I had to show my family, it's not that I don't want you guys there. You are just not the people for me at this time. I even had to talk to my best friend because she stopped calling me if we would have morning phone calls. But like I told her, it was nice to hear that she was going through troubles because it made me feel like, oh, I'm not the only one going through bad things. So is she, you know, even though, yes, mine was life, you know, cancer, her struggles made me feel like I'm still normal. And I needed that normalcy in my life. I needed to know life was still going. Um, One thing a lot of people say is, oh, you're in remission. Oh, so you don't have cancer anymore. Mm. No. See, now I know you haven't been paying attention to my social media because if you did, you wouldn't ask that ridiculous question Um, because it doesn't end. But again, you know, I've learned to just who to um, elaborate with and who not to, because some people just don't get it and some do get it. And just the support of every day being there is what we need. Um, Don't disappear on us. Don't disappear. You know, I still like to talk about lashes. I still like to talk about hair, nails. If I want to buy something from you, don't say, oh, I'll give it to you for free. Hey, I'm not broke. I have some money. You know, I still want to be normal, even with this cancer. And once I got it, everybody started kind of treating me differently, you know, already like, oh, she, let's not hire her because, you know, she's got this. Hey, you know what? Don't we all have doctor appointments to go to? I can arrange my doctor appointments around my job. You know, it's just don't label me as this person that that's handicapped. Uh, you know, even though that's the label I do have, I still can function function in this world. That's amazing. I love that. I love that. I guess, and I was going to say, like, what not to do? Like, what is the one thing maybe that was ever said to you that you were like, no, don't ever say that. I know you said disappearing, right? Like, that's the worst thing <laughs> that your, people close to you, they don't know what to do. So they just like ignore thinking it's going to go away. It's not going away. Um, it's a popular saying, and I guess the more I heard it, I wanted to slap people, (laughs) but it was like, oh, you're a fighter. You got this cancer should be scared of you. Oh, you're a fighter. You got this. Uh, no, you know, I don't got this. I don't, you know, there's days that I fall apart and those are the, you know, social media again is what we want people to see. You don't see behind the scenes, you know, only Joelle and my, my close family get to see that just be careful on what you say. Don't, um, don't think we're always ready to fight that fight. Cause we're not, you know, um, even when I lost my hair, Oh, you look beautiful without the hair. You know what? No, I, I don't, I don't feel beautiful. You know, help me figure out where I can get a wig. You know, don't tell me it's okay to look like that because would you want to look bald? You know, some people rock it but everybody knew my hair meant the most to me. So don't sit there and tell me I look beautiful because it hurt me because no, I don't feel beautiful and I don't look beautiful in my eyes, even though you see it that way, you know, and those things were some of the things I think you have to learn the person to know what not to say. Um, it could be something so simple, like, you know, you've got this or, um, I needed more, I guess, scriptures and, and quotes to get me by not you're beautiful. You know, that was, that seems like a random thing people say, and it's like, try harder. Don't just say that, 
you know? But it's true though, Amanda, you are beautiful. <laughs> you are. And that's, that's a hard thing for people because they see you, not just your outer beauty, but inside you have such a big heart and you care so much. Right. And yes. that, and your smile is so warm and friendly and that that's what makes you beautiful. So yes. try to bear with some of us because yes. we don't make that stuff up. We're, we're, we're really being honest. And I know it's hard when you don't feel like it and you don't look like it in your own eyes, but you know, a lot of times people see things in you that you don't see yourself. And I think that's what sometimes people are saying to you because they know who you are as a person or, you know, that kind of thing. So let's talk about some of the resources that you had mentioned that you learned um, that were helpful to you and could help other people that are maybe fighting this as well. Yes. So, um, of course, during the time frame when I lost my job, that's because I always was the tough, had a lot of pride. I don't need help. I don't need help. I worked, literally was in debt every year, 5000 5000 every year I knew I was in debt because that's what it cost, plus more. But when I lost my job, it was even more debt. And it was my sanity that I, you know, that I was losing Um because everything else was already there and wasn't. And it was just a small little note from some other girl and um, a gift card to somewhere. And I got to pick um, where I wanted my gift card from. Not only that, I mean, I got this cute little box and it's from the, the, this one's from the Hope Kit. And they send just a bunch of cute things like um, lip gloss. Remember, I was so excited because I got, you know, little makeup stuff. Um, Socks you know, from when we go to chemo, little things we don't think about that somebody else has already thought of it. And it wasn't so much the money thing. It was just these little, small, little things like a cup to take to chemo, socks to take to chemo. Um, Not only that, I also received a list of just resources from Leslie's Week. One of them was, of course, Adventure Therapy, which, you know, I met the actual stage four breast cancer woman that came up with this nonprofit organization, which is another free outdoor experience that we can go to and attend. And, um, there was, there's a one for kids called camp Kesim or Kesim. I don't know how to say it, who is for kids that are going through this, that we don't realize are suffering with us or don't know how to deal with this whole diagnosis. There's something out there for them. There's one that I apply for. It's called the Sam fun organization group. And I applied for that and they actually helped me pay my mortgage one year. Um, so these are the things that doctors can't help us with, but somebody else has thought about it and put it on a paper for us. And I often look at it when I'm going through something major and it's like, Oh shoot. I, you know, I don't have money or unemployment stopped. You know, how am I going to do this? Okay. You know, I can go to this and apply for it. And don't get me wrong, some of the applications are ridiculous. They're like pages and pages that you just want to say, forget it. And then there are some that are so simple that don't ask you very much and are something so easy to apply for and get. And some are based on your age. But there's a lot of them. There's, you know, where to go for Social Security. Um, There's some for men who are fighting breast cancer. Um, The list goes on. But these are just small little things that... I don't know how else I would have found them if I hadn't landed in the organization of Leslie's Week. 
you know, besides little um, social media group that I think a lot of women need to know, it's called Closed Metastatic um, Facebook Group. That one is just, that's my doctor right there. You just get on, you don't know who these women are. You put your problem exactly how it is. Hey, I have this, how do I deal with it? And there's somebody always there to answer and gives you the breakdown of what you need to ask, what you need to look for, and you can connect and be prepared for your next visit to your doctor or where to go. And that's where I learned about some of these little, like the card exchange, you know, I learned about that through there as well, not only on through my little paper resources through Leslie's week. So these resources are out there. It's just, it's sad that we have to go looking for them or you have to know somebody because it's not advertised. It's not there for you. Right. So, yeah, so they can find that at leslie'sweek.org, right? So they should be able yes, to find that resource. Yes. Uh, so if that is someone listening who knows someone or themselves has metastatic breast cancer, they can go to leslie'sweek.org and look at that list of resources. This has been amazing. So let's talk real quick. I know we talked about this, um, you know, initially. Let's talk about like the stages of, you dealing with this, right? So there's, there's metastatic breast cancer, right? Within that stage four, but what are Amanda Medina's stages of first year, second year, third year, uh, that can really like help people see what this journey could look like and how to break it down and what to expect, um, of what you, you know, summarize that to be. So what would you say first year was? Yeah, so everybody handles it different, but my first year was just, you know, I got the diagnosis, I have breast cancer. Everybody thinks they know what breast cancer is. You're going to lose your hair, you're going to beat it, and you get your life back. Mine was at a point where I did not know if I was stage four. They were hoping that I was not. So I always had that hope that, hey, maybe I am not stage four. Even at that, I didn't even know what the heck stage four meant. So the first year was just learning my diagnosis what was feeding my cancer. I'm ER positive, you know, um, trying to figure out what was stage four. And when I Googled it, holy crap, you know, it said I had two to five years to live. So nobody ever actually sits with you and tells you that you're researching. You're just researching and using Google because you don't know who else to reach out to. Second year was actually going through it. I was going through my 10 rounds of FAC, adromycin, cytoxin, and I can't remember the F, losing my hair trying to, you know, get a sense of normalcy back by finding wigs, Um, just learning to still hang on to my job and going through these appointments, going through these scans every three months with MD Anderson and dealing with that, coping with, you know, people looking at me saying, oh, you look sick or, oh, you lost so much weight and trying to see like, no, I'm not, you know, I'm still me, but trying to hold on to that hope. Then, you know, I am now what's called no evidence of active disease, which is the best words any stage four metastatic person looks for or wants to hear. I didn't hear that till the very um, end of my treatments. You know, everybody's, I had stable for a while and stable still wasn't good enough, even though people on the other end would say, that is good, that's good. I was wanting those N-E-A-D words, NED. And the third year, was finally my life was coming back, regardless of the fact that I lost my job. You know, I was finding me again. 
I was now, I got my hair back learning to deal with my hair because my hair came back curly and I didn't know how to do work with it. You know, I, I had to learn to figure out my hair, put myself back together, figure out who I was. And I'm coming out now. I've got now, look, I'm on a podcast. Let's this week. I was staged for change, a speaker. I got picked by Danko Pyers and I was made on the front page of a magazine, got picked for Pete Diva this year on the face campaign for American Breast Cancer Society. So those are my stages. Um, and I still don't know where I'm going with, you know, my life, but I'm a go as you plan girl, you know, just go with the flow now. Um, instead of planning like I used to, because I don't know what the next tomorrow is going to bring, but every stage brought something different and I'm finding myself in it, you know, and I don't know, maybe I will be famous one day. Like I tell my <laughs> oncologist, who knows, you know, <laughs> no one knows Amanda, but you are coming <laughs> into your own here. And I know that you are going to use your journey to help so many others who come along after you. And that is the most amazing thing. And I always say to people, you know, the things that you deal with in life, they sometimes are just so horrible, but if you can use them to help other people, then it is almost worth it, right? Yes, exactly. Almost. Yeah. <laughs> almost. <laughs> yeah. Well, oh my gosh, I can't wait to talk about this book that you're in. So this is so amazing. And for our listeners, just click the show notes and you can get the link to order this book that Amanda Medina shared her story in with many other metastatic breast cancer uh, people. And it's called Terminal Far From the Shallow, and amazing book. I received this at Stage for Change and have been digging in and reading the stories and trying to learn as much as I can about the people, about the disease, about the research, and, and just the ways that we can really team up together to, to get through this. So what was that like to tell your story in a book for the first time? You're an author. You are famous. I know. That's a, my, all my family and friends have already ordered one. But what's a, what's crazy about the book is that um, I keep up with my journey because, of course, it's never going to go away for me. So I find myself in bed some days where I can't get out of bed because of pain or whatever. And I get on my phone and I just type away, type away. And it actually started when I landed in the hospital due to the chemo drug adromycin put my heart into congestive heart failure. So when I was in the hospital, I had nothing better to do. So I sat there and just typed away on my phone and I started keeping up with my journey, everything, because what I realized as I'm meeting new women, they started asking questions. Oh, what drugs did you take? And I could not remember some of these things. And so I started putting it in a blog form and a blog form ended up turning to be my journey. And this journey that's in the book changes every year. I go back and edit and give more details. But when I write, I don't share that experience at that moment because I'm not ready to tell it until it's become a past. So I have actually kept up with from the day I was diagnosed to today of my story. It shares everything. It shares, if you're in that, in my story, it's because you've impacted me somehow. If you're not, well, I'm sure you have, you know, helped in some way, <laughs> but I have actually listed names and people in that, in my journey, because they, you know, it was one girl who just came and told me about a place to look into for, um, chemo cat. 
and she didn't know it. She didn't know much information. She just gave me this number. Hey, call her. And she's in my story because she, uh, you know, affected me in such a good way that I put her in my story. And I'm, I'm in a couple of other areas in the section, not just that one section, but that's the longest one. And Sandra happened to look on Facebook and say, oh my God, I have to put this in the book. Can I take it? And I'm like, you take whatever you want. If it's going to help you, you take it. So I, when she kept telling me I was in the book, I'm like, what am I in there for? I don't even know. So when I got the book, I was just as shocked as everybody else. I was like, oh my God, that's my story. Oh my gosh, I wrote that. There was a blog that I wrote that I was just like, <gasps> I was so shocked myself that I wrote that. I did not know I could write like that, but it was how I felt at that moment in time. And the other part, I don't know if you've read it yet, was social media. I'm a big time social media person. And well, that's what it's come to. I wasn't before, but now I am. <laughs> and I write in there how people stop following me on Facebook. And I wrote how I know we know. We know, we know you stop following us because you no longer liked our posts. And that's okay because some people are gonna stop following our journey. And it hurts because my journey is never gonna end. And I know people get tired of me getting on there and talking about breast cancer and, and selling breast cancer stuff. But you know what? That is my life. You don't like it? Delete yourself off my social media. Go somewhere else because it's not going to stop. It's only going to get bigger and better. So that's why I was so happy to share with everybody. Oh, yeah, I'm on a podcast today, people. Are you following me? Because I'm, I, I told you I'm getting somewhere. I'm going somewhere. I don't know where I'm going, but I'm getting somewhere. And people like you believe in me, you know, and see something that I know it's there. It's just hard to fight that constant battle on social media, knowing that I've lost some really good friends and support, you know, and that's when people want to know how to help. That's how you help. Don't give up on me. Don't give up on me on social media. Even if it's you're faking that light, just click the like because <laughs> it makes oh, me happy. Yes. Yes. <laughs> Listen, you know, and here's what happens is that, you know, you raised your flag, right? This is where you are right now. This is your story. This is the journey that you're on. And you know, what happens is the people find you who need you and the ones that leave it's because they have, they, that's not a part of their journey right now. And if it becomes part of their journey, I promise you they'll be right back because they can't do this without you. Right. And so yeah. you keep shining your, you be like a lighthouse. You keep shining, just stand there and shine your light. And all those other people will find you when they need you. But I you don't change. Like that. That's a good way. <laughs> you don't change yourself, girl. You just be the lighthouse. Stand there and shine your light as bright as you can. That's all. I love that. I love that. <laughs> awesome. Well, this has been so much fun, and I know you have a Facebook group that we want to tell people about. What is the Facebook group that you have so they can find you? Yeah. So if you actually go to my Facebook. Um, actual my Facebook page, Amanda Medina, there's a, a little link that's public and it's called Team Amanda um, Arts and Crafts. And that's where I basically have started selling, especially during the month of October, I have come out and sold um, breast cancer wooden flags for people, big signs. Um, I do wreaths, um, breast cancer wreaths. And I've also started selling car freshies. So I did this because, you know, 
my family always wanted to support me and you go online and there are some things you can find and there are some things that you can't find. So I'm like, you know what? I can make it. And I've actually made a few for a couple of other or but just breast cancer um, sisters in general. I've made them signs and given to them because, you know, that's we are very special to get a whole month dedicated to us, even though it's the pink ribbon and it's not for stage four. I still think it's very awesome because there's many other people with other kind of cancers that do not get that recognition. And we do. So people want to, you know, hang something outside or say, hey, I was a survivor. I beat it. And I was able to get, make something for them and they can put it out there. And not only that, there was some friends who wanted to support me, but didn't know how. So they came and bought my little yarn sign. And every month in October, they go and put it outside of their yard. And I love it. I even have car magnets, man. That is my, my, the best thing. It's only, it was my cheapest thing you can buy, but I love driving around and seeing my car magnet on people's cars. And I'm like, who is that? I want to know who it is. And I look and I'm like, I mean, you know who that is. But man, that makes me happy. My sister was in Port Aransas this weekend and she saw a little red Jeep with my car magnet and took a picture and put it on Snap. And I'm like, it's not even October, but they're still rocking my magnet. They, that's supporting me because they're putting me out there and I'm not having to do it. They're doing it for me. And it's beautiful. It's beautiful. We are with you, Amanda. We are with you. Yes. And, and the problem is we just don't know what to do, right? But we are with you. And, and just by having this conversation, it is really helping many people to know what to do, how to respond, how to support, you know, what to say, what not to say, all of the things. And I so appreciate that. And now a word from our sponsor, Christine Trumbull, founder of Coaching the Climb, understands the challenges of building a successful business. She's faced many of those challenges herself and helped hundreds of clients build successful businesses. With the launch of her new podcast, The Climb with Christine, you will hear the same advice she gives her clients, as well as conversations with experts in a variety of topics, including business, health, relaxation, mindset, kids, and fashion. Check it out on iTunes, The Climb with Christine, and be sure to subscribe, download, and give her a rating and review. And you know, on the She's Invincible podcast, we promise our listeners that we're going to bring these fierce female entrepreneurs. We're going to spotlight their expert zone of genius, which you have done so beautifully today. But we also promise them that we're going to pull back the curtain and we are going to let them in on the journey. We want to let them in. We want them to see, you know, women are always comparing themselves and they're always coming up short. And they're always saying things like, I couldn't do it because I'm not like her. I'm not smart. I'm not gorgeous. I'm not, not, not whatever. Right. And so they want your, they want you and you're all the great things that you are, but they don't want to put up with what you have to put up with. And so right now we're going to share a little bit about this journey and we're going to share the good, the bad, and the ugly. And, you know, I'm just excited to have you here because as it is October, 
being, you know, honoring and uh, really raising awareness for breast cancer. Um, I'm honored to have you and a few others this month of October to be able to feature these stories, tell their own stories, and really give more information, more awareness, and all of that to this horrible disease. So, Thank you for being the first in kicking this off for us. Not only are you famous an author and entrepreneur and harvester and craft maker and mom and partner, like you are all the amazing things, uh, but you're the first here to kick this off with us. So let's jump in and let's tell a story about the good part of your journey. So the good part about my journey is that even though I'm terminal, meaning there's no cure, I have been able to be slowed down and appreciate the small things. I now don't take that for granted. I actually am so, I find it a blessing that I'm home because I get to be here for my son. I got to see him his last year. I worked all my life thinking that I was doing right, like any parent. You go to work, you go to work, you go to work because you need to make money because you want to buy them that, you want to buy them this. But you know what? It's those little moments. It's the showing up for their their um, play, their, you know, breakfast with mom. Those are the things that I missed out on because I'm so busy working. And now I'm able to, you know, be home and be there for my son and watch him go through his prime of his life where he now has a job um, and just know he can call and mom's going to answer because I don't have to say can't talk because I got gloves on and I'm working on somebody's mouth or having to put him second. He is first now. Everybody is first now because I have been slowed down, but in a good way. I didn't realize and see it that way until after sitting here and being like, man, I can help my sister now take care of my nephew because she's working and I'm free to do so and all of this, even though there's no cure. I was able to find a part of me I never knew was there and appreciate the time that all of us take for granted, whether you have cancer or not, we all take it for granted that there may not be a tomorrow and be able to embrace it and show it and know that I don't have somebody that's going to fire me. (laughs) I'm going to fire myself. (laughs) That's right, girl. (laughs) That's right. You're living a life you dreamed of and you didn't even know. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. And you know, I say this all the time and I'm going to just say it again because I can't help myself (laughs) is that, you know, we all live like we have all the time in the world, Uh, you know, and I'm always saying like, oh my gosh, why do we wait for diagnosis in order to start living our life? I could get hit by a bus today crossing the street. Like, why is it, you know, and I know people who have gotten cancer diagnosis and they didn't pass away from cancer. They slipped and fell and hit their head on a step or, you know, had a heart attack or something else that was totally unrelated. And so I just want to, as you're saying this and this, you know, it's, you're grateful in your diagnosis that you are slowed down and you are living your life now, guys, let's quit waiting. Like today is the day, get up, step up and start living your life. Like it's your last day. It could be, it might not be a diagnosis that takes you off of this earth. Don't wait for it. Go live your best life. 
Yes. Yes. I love, love that you said that girl. I love it. All right. Now we're going to go to the bad. You know, we have to go to the bad. We're not an ugly yet, but let's, let's talk about the bad part of this journey. The bad part is it's changed my life um, financially. You know, I don't live that luxury life and it wasn't even luxury like it was before. I've had to, you know, balance my resources and put my pride aside, reach out for the help that is there and still be able to live that life that I was talking about. You know, Um, it comes with that bad because do I go to work? Okay, if I go to work, you know, I'm getting assistance right now through a program. If I go to work, well, guess what? I make money and then I get kicked off. So that's the bad is that I'm, even though I feel I'm capable of going to work and doing, I'm limited because of my diagnosis. I I go to work to make money to pay my insurance and bring home nothing and then hurt, you know, have this pain that I can't deal with because I'm on my feet. Or do I sit here at home and get assistance, but go crazy because there's nothing for me to do. You know, I, I want to do something because I, I feel like I can. That's the bad part of all this. And then having to just keep your sanity, hold on to that hope, that faith that you knew you kind of had, but holy smokes, is it really tested during this time frame? And some people will never get to see that part of you some will. That's the bad part of this, all this. You just never know what tomorrow will bring. Yeah. And you know, you also mentioned something else about like, because you don't look like you're sick, like you have to deal with that as well. Do you want to share a little bit about that? Cause we see that a lot. Um, yes. So yeah. a lot of people kind of look at me and think, Oh, she has stage four. In fact, it actually was a big thing on social media where somebody said that I was um, making benefits and ripping people off because I don't have cancer. And a part of me was angry, but a part of me kind of smiled because it was like, wow, I must look good that you don't think I have it. Well, thank you. You know, but it was a sucker punch because it was like, no, I'm not faking my diagnosis. I wish I was. And I look normal. And I, even with my wig, I think I had a little bit of still, you know, I looked normal, but that was the me and me. I wasn't going to let cancer define me. I was going to keep as much as possible that meant the most to me. And the me was my self-image. I lost myself for three months because I did not have a wig. I had no hair. And I got, and not that I wasn't, because there's some women that can rock it and do it. But I wanted to just go into that grocery store, grab my bread, and not be judged. Because when you see somebody with no hair, you're like, oh, poor them, or oh, just got cancer. I didn't want to deal with that. I wanted to be like everybody else and just live a normal life. And I look normal now, but the truth is it will always be there with me. I just never know when it's coming for me. Right now it's asleep. It's not doing anything. And I hope to God that it's like this for many years, but who knows next two new year, two years, I may, it may progress to my bones, my lungs, my brain. I don't know. And that's the part it hurts because what is cancer supposed to look like? You know? Yeah. I don't and know. That's what we, we talked about is the ugly, right? So let's move right into that. As you, you're mentioning, this is that um, you're, you're saying you're ugly is um, you just never know what's going to happen. Right. 
yep. I just, I don't know if my diagnosis, you know, I, as far as I know, I'm on my first line of treatment and I've been very blessed that it's worked for me because my drug was supposed to fail at six months. I'm going on three years with it. I never know if next month, you know, it's going to progress. And actually my last scan that I had, my knee lit up. I cried because I'm thinking, oh my God, I'm already, it's already progressing. I only got one good year and now my cancer's spreading. That's the ugly part is I may only be, I may fall into the statistics of two to five years. And there's a part that may say, no, I may actually surpass that and be like some of these other women. It's scary. It's scary. It's like having somebody have a gun to my head and say, okay, today's going to be the day. Ah, just kidding. Not today, maybe next week. And it's that constant. And it's, and I know people always say, don't think like that. Don't. It's hard because that's my life. That's every day is knowing that if I go do something like that's how my knee, I think lit up. I went to Moab because I said, Oh heck, I'm going to go live life. Went to Moab, Utah, took a vacation and our ATV flipped and it flipped on the left side. Well, I got hurt doing living life, you know? So it's kind of like the ugly part is, do I go live life and take a chance or do I stay home and not go out? Especially like now during COVID, everybody's like, oh, you should be at home. Don't be out because your immune's more compromised. You know what? I could. And there is women that do that, but you're not going to tell me that. I'm going to go out there and live my life, you know, and cancer just kind of sucks, sucks the life out of you because people now all of a sudden think they're doctors and try to tell you how to live life. Oh, don't have that Coke. You know, that Coke is bad for you. Oh, oh, I heard this is good for you. And it's like, you're sitting there like, okay, no, but am I going to punish myself and not do that because I have this diagnosis or I'm going to keep living life to me? That's still living life. So guess what? I'm going to have my Coke. I'm going to have my margarita even though my liver is struggling right now because that's where my cancer is at. But I'm going to live life. And if, if I go out that way, I go out that way. And, it, and it's hard because I don't look like I have it. But guess what, guys? I do. And I'm going to go down into my funeral with my lashes. You are amazing, Amanda. You are amazing. And this has been so amazing and heartwarming to just have you share your story and just how you feel, right? Just all of it from your heart. I like, I am just a change. I don't know what else to say. And my thing is like, hashtag no words, but I just want to say to you, actually repeat after me, cancer sucks. Cancer sucks. But I am invincible. But I am invincible. Yes, you are. You are. You are amazing. Thank you for being here. Thank you for sharing your story to our listeners. I don't know where you are in your life or your business, but if you're face down on the ground right now, get back up, girl. Get back up. Tell them, Amanda. Put them lashes on. Put that lipstick on. Get up. Get up. You can do it. Hey, thanks so much for hanging out with us today. If you were inspired or learned something new, please subscribe to the podcast, give us a review and share us with your friends. For more information about me and how I can support you, please stop on over to my website at camilehman.com and book a free call with me. I'd love to meet you and learn more about how I can support you.